0: Welcome to episode 12 of Disciples of Agony. Today, let's do introductions. <laughs> I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Stan. Okay. And today we're going to be going over support. And when should you take some? When should you drop it? When should you just say support is theft and move on? So before we get into there, either of you guys have some recent
1: games that you want to go over or upcoming events that you want to talk about? So before Seattle Open, I did a Callison 1 marathon run. and I I played like four games into him straight and maybe not the best thing to do right before an event because it was exhausting. Sure. Then for the event itself, I had a lot of fun, met a lot of cool people out there. Uh, Didn't do so well, but for my own standards, I think I was pretty pleased. As long as you had fun, right? Yes. I, I did not have fun getting tabled by Bradagas. (laughs) <laughs> but but I did have a pretty good time playing into Osram. That game went fairly long. I ended up clocking with about five to eight minutes left on my opponent's clock. And mostly I just went for a last-ditch assassination because I didn't care too much in loser's bracket. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a good game. I was up about 30 points or so on attrition. And my opponent, Robbie, I think was one point ahead of me on scenario. So, you know, if I had a little bit more time and you know moved a little quicker, I might have been able to get the win there. Sure. Peyton, anything for you? It's just been
2: practice games locally. My semester is almost over. I've got five weeks left in the semester, and then I hit three qualifiers in a month and start my <laughs> my, my <laughs> Nice.
0: <laughs> well, I am currently I'm doing practice games, but I'm also doing a campaign. If anyone's interested in following along, I believe Dustin Wingert is posting a thread on the War Machine and Horde's general about how it's going and what's happening. It's pretty interesting. The goal is it's a map and we all started with the capital city. And in order to win, you have to have control of, there's a number of towns on there and you have to control a number equal to half the players plus one. So we have a full eight person campaign thing going on. So we have to have five towns, but you only have two armies to kind of go out and capture towns. So it's starting to get tight and contested and it'll be fun. We're really enjoying it so far. Also, Adaptive Count is going on right now. Yesterday, we saw the champions top four. How do we feel about triple circling convergence being top four?
1: So champions as a format is um, my approach to it would be to take out all the top casters from every faction and then have it be like, you know, a B tier kind of uh, play things that you don't always play.
0: Yeah, that's Uh, kind of what it started as when they started with the active duty roster. Not this (laughs) season and not last season (laughs) and maybe not even the season before that. Like the power level, depending on who you are playing, has been pretty variant. I think part of it is like, how do you define top tier? Like Iona could be on that list if they didn't have Devourer's
1: Host. Sure, but that would be trolling. Like that if I they mean, did that to Circle that'd be pretty troll. Secret Masters um,
0: is on there. That can't take Wormwood. <laughs> <Like, laughs>
1: right, but at least Wormwood's playable in that theme. Like I'd argue that you're not you're not going to see Iona in any other theme. No, and you really I know-
0: can't take Wormwood in in Secret Masters.
1: They have a difficult choice because I know that they want some of their more recent or more recently worked on through CID casters to be in this um, format, mm-hmm. just so they they get wider play. But however, yeah, in the you process can't. The
2: CID, it's these casters are going to be top tier competitive or at least very very strong.
0: Yeah, it's hard to disagree. Like we got Mikado three, all two, Hexer's two, and Morgul one. And well, Zakar is always on there. I guess that, yeah. like, everyone says Forecasters, it's really five for all the major factions. Yeah. I choose to ignore one. I mean, Zakar Drake's is still good. As long as IW is on the list, yeah. But like, if they yeah. don't do Imperial War Host, Oh, then uh, Zakar is ignored again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So, so
2: what did you guys think about the scorn count for the Masters um, I, at Adepticon? I'm I
1: always surprised.
0: Typical, actually. Lack of money prevents me from going to it, but otherwise, like, it, this is an hour drive away from me. And so I know a bunch of the people there. Scorn is not very well represented in the Mideast. Mid- it's, Midwest, also,
1: it's also a fully painted convention. So if people are, you know, more recently picking up a Scorn or uh, mm-hmm. dusting off an old collection that they need to touch up or get newer models for, it's going to be hard to paint all that trim in time for Adepticon. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah. That's fair point too so like there's there's a couple of things going against it i don't care that number like doesn't bother me as much the fact that we keep getting told to shut up and take it and then watch circle take three of the top four spots and champions
1: how do you see that going forward at lock and load when champions is iron gauntlet so i think anyone that I've talked to a couple of people bringing Scorn to Iron Gauntlet, and we have some stuff. We definitely have some stuff to combat at least the Iona portion of their pairing. And overall, we have like, I would give it like a B plus for our champs roster. Oh, yeah. The champs roster is not bad.
0: I'm just curious. Do you think it's just going to be Scorn and Circle all over? Or do you think uh, there's gonna I, I be think an actual Legion mix.
2: has Legion has a really good shot because they've got Callus Thags, Callous sure. Primal Terrors, Thags mm-hmm. Children. I think your limited factions are gonna be well represented because they never have a bad champions roster.
0: That's also true. Yep. Uh, yeah. Except for other convergence. They can have a bad roster. Orion Orion Lucan's pretty good. Oh yeah, but like they can have a bad one. Like we've uh, seen. I that. guess if you were if you were going like Aurora Mom and something else. I think it was Aurora uh, Axis one year, and it was just like, okay, so we're crutching Axis the whole time. Got it.
2: Yeah. I think those, what is that, that six factions will dominate the champion's meta.
0: So, yeah, because it's going to be, well, how many people are at Iron like 32 or 64? There isn't a set
2: number, you just have to have a certain point ah, value to get in. Gotcha. So
0: you think roughly half three quarters will be those six factions?
2: I, I, I think half or more of the field will be those six factions and around 25% of the field, uh, 25 to 30% of the field will be circle.
1: Yeah. Oh, you think it'll I, be that dominant? I think yeah. so too. Okay. And you also have to remember that this is like a, a highly competitive event. Every single person mm-hmm. there is going to win. So you're not going to get, you're not really going to get anyone bringing anything underrepresented unless they like think they figured out something. Sure. amazing.
0: I mean, I don't disagree. I just was curious as to your thoughts on it. All right. Well, we don't have much beyond the fact that there's only 3 out of 58 scoring at Masters right now because it is currently going on. So we're kind of time stamping this a bit, but do you want on. me to
1: read the full faction breakdown? If you want to. Yeah, we'll just fly through this real quick. I'll do top five. So we got sure. 13 Circle, 8 off, 8 Crucible Guard, 6 Grimkin, and 5 Retribution. Everybody else, of course, dips pretty low. We're only locking out three spots there.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that there's that much. What was the third one? It was Circle, Protectorate, Legion. Crucible Guard's the third. Oh, Crucible, Crucible Guard is, okay.
1: yeah, eight, eight people for Crucible Guard. I'm surprised there's that much
0: Crucible Guard, to be perfectly honest. Uh, isn't there two Heats for Masters? I'm not sure. Raw, I'm but pretty late. sure there's two heats. Because one starts at like 9 in the morning. The other one starts at like 11-ish or noonish to give the first heat time to whittle down. So maybe that's the oh, thing.
1: Yeah. Ready to jump in?
0: One more thing, actually. It did just happen this week. The Grimkin pre-release happened as well. There's the ideas out. what do you guys think of it?
1: <laughs> Clickety-clock, mother effers. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's been out for a while.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Child finally got Parlay. So, Child gets to stomp all medium-based lists forever now. Um, so does Heretic. Indeed. But Heretic does it differently. I think his bump list is now playable. Yes, I agree. So...
1: I'm really stoked about the piggybacks and the uh, nayslayer. <laughs> yeah, like that—that's for sure my favorite unit when I was playing Grimkin, and I think the UA really adds a lot to that unit without being really broken. It's just some cool options and something to finally make use of the, <laughs> let's say, underutilized rise theme benefit.
2: Also, it's something in that theme that doesn't just like randomly die to pound 10 gunshots, which is a really big boon for the theme force to have something that they can actually play into like grave diggers. So
1: <laughs> that was the only thing, right? The Well of Orb Gross also, I think, was added. And uh, was today, yes. Um, uh, Mercs got a couple new ads. They
2: had all their weapon crews got added. They had two of the Pirate Jacks, Shay's Character Jack, and the Drag Heavy got added. And so mean, oh, in the Iron Head and the, the Crane solo for Magnus 2. Yeah, so they're, they're, that's but their entire
0: CID, except for Rahera,
2: right? And the Pulse. Uh, the Pirates haven't gone through. The oh, Pirates oh, haven't right. gone through yeah. yet. Just the two Jacks. So, like,
0: all so the Pirate changes
2: are waiting that. till after Adepticon. Yeah, that was the finishing of the Steelhead stuff, and then two random Pirate Jacks.
0: So, yeah, quite a bit was dropped recently. We're probably going to see yet another shakeup. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's go into our topic. Today, we're talking about support and the joys of support and what brings you joy and what doesn't bring you joy. And so let's try to define support real quick. The question I asked was, how little work does something need to do to be defined as support? Stan, why don't you uh, start this off?
1: Okay, so to me, this question's a little tricky because are you looking at how much work something can possibly do just based on its card on its own, or how well it can synergize in a list? And potentially, like the best support choices that you have will also synergize somehow with your caster or other elements of your list to make the model do some work. Like, for example, a brute under Makeda 3 gets some combat synergy from Insight and some defensive synergy from Bulwark, while also providing shield guard and the safeguard animus. But if Mm -hmm. you're taking it with a caster like Mordekar, who doesn't really do anything for the brute, the brute is just supporting Mordekar to make sure Mordekar doesn't die. And, you know, obviously it's still a beast. It still can do a little more in melee than you know, your five box solo or whatever. But the synergy in that list isn't shared both ways. And at that point, I would call the brute a pure support choice for Mordekar. Another example is uh, a in your generic list, it's just for Sora and has its other tools that come up here and there, but a Kreia in a Drake spam list, when all of a sudden it's getting blank and also benefiting from whatever the two main casters, Zekar and Xerxes, give to the Drakes themselves to buff up damage. So all of a sudden your Kreia your turns into a viable second wave beater, where in a generic list, it's it'll kill a solo or something, but it's not going to dent a heavy. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you have anything else to add there?
2: I'm basically on the same thought process. A lot of the support pieces, usually, a lot of our support pieces can do work. If you look like Ixtolers or krias or a Brute, they can all in the late game do a reasonable amount of work, but that's not why they're in the list. They're in the list for their other roles. And there are some pieces that are a mix. Like, if you look at a Gladiator, it's probably a work piece. You're taking it for Rush, but it's going to be a workpiece, so i don't classify that as support but an extoller is going to shoot its gun and like hard to heavy with it in the late game but it's mostly there for its support value
0: yeah so like the way i personally define support is something that is brought in a list not because of what the models it can take out but what it's going to do to help me achieve my goals and so like if, if its primary purpose is not to be killing other models it is support to me extollers they have an excellent gun don't get me wrong they're not work pieces they're there to give my stuff eyeless sight and magical weapons and to hand off souls to the supreme guardian or ancestral guardian or other piece that needs a soul it's not there to try to use its gun every round whereas the cannoneer is trying to use its gun every turn it's not there because it's got fire strike it's there because it's got its big gun that's gonna be lobbing every round to try and do work
1: yeah i realized that i didn't actually give my definition but that's pretty close (laughs) to what it was so what i had in mind was something like if you have a piece that does not want to engage in combat until the very latest points of the game or just can't at all but it has the tools to enable other pieces to do so effectively that is my definition of a support model so something that's going to help your list and the models that you depend on doing work achieve that successfully So support models
0: enable a plan, but you have to have the plan
1: there. It's kind of how I see it. They make it easier for the plan to be successful. (laughs) You Um, you can't have the uh, put support in list question mark, question mark profit. yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. All right. So, um, Seeing as this is a Scorn podcast, we're going to kind of go through all the models in Scorn that we kind of define or identify as support. We're going to start with the beasts, move on to solos, move on to units, and then we are going to talk about the minion models that will work for Scorn, and we'll go from there. There are some that are not good, but we'll kind of touch on everything. So starting off uh, with beasts, we've got the Agonizer. Peyton, why don't you start this one off and then Stan, and I'll fill in anything that I miss, de- sir. All right, so the Agonizers are main
2: melee support model. It's almost pure support. It does have a melee weapon. Don't ever try to use it. (laughs) Um, It's going going to Matt 3, Pow 8. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very good at making our heavies uh, or force points to trade inefficiently into our heavies or battle engines. However, it also has a ton of other support abilities that are used very rarely. It has two other auras, one of which is the my, you can't cast spells with an eight and one is add a fury to every enemy war with an eight both of which can be clutch and will frequently catch opponents off guard because they aren't used to the Agonizer doing anything besides minus two strength. Its Animus is also very strong. If you played against Legion in Mark II, you know Repulsion is insanely good, and a lot of our frontline casters can use it very well. Mm-hmm. And I put it in basically as many lists as I can possibly fit it, as long as it's not going to screw up the battle group too much. But that's about it for my synopsis of it.
1: Yeah, I would say the Agonizer might only be strength six, but it doesn't just hold up Rasheth, it holds up a lot of our faction with the very, very powerful and pure support tool set. Like this is 100% a pure support model and all of its work comes from either using nine pain to make sure your bricks stay intact. And as Peyton said, the other two are definitely more corner case, but you know, you can hamper spell assassinations or create an anima activation issues or resource issues using spiritual affliction and ah, that animus like late game i pretty much always score zones with it like once i'm ready to just say you know what agonizer good job it's time for you to die out on the battlefield i go and score (laughs) a point and then the little agonizer gets killed but haksune
2: when I was playing Tiberian version of Kaiju, the uh, cast Tiberians, Animus, Bulldoze, cast Repulsion, push and end up pushing like a heavy four inches was always something that opponents
0: would be caught off guard by and would win games. Yeah, <laughs> It it had no right doing as much as it does, but it's yeah ridiculous when it works. You guys have said it all. I don't really need to add anything to it. He's really good the next one down is I'm going from lessers to heavies in this so bear with me we have the reptile hound I, think I put we that in there for to Brian here <laughs> our local reptile hound expert Oh, the reason I put it in there is because <laughs> it is a support piece his his main goal is to he, he's not there to do work he's there to make sure that he enables a plan and he is a tech piece in that he gives you snacking and heightened metabolism which is snacking so it gives you some rfp he gives you some healing back on your beast, which is always nice to have he's really fast he's speed seven base so he can kind of just zip all over the field one of the very very few anime that's range six as opposed to range self so just there's a lot going on with him that can potentially enable plants it helps you stay in the fight longer helps you contest things from odd angles all sorts of things like that
1: first thing starts with reptile hound is oh no i have four points and i don't know how else to fill them and then you get Mostly, your reptile yes. hound but once you're actually in a game like i would rather have my four point reptile hound sitting in my back rectangle zone rather than you know a crea or something that i might actually want to move up to to cast its paralyzed gun or whatever it be mm-hmm. so for four points to have not only that but also speed seven so you can just zip 14 into another zone that's pretty sweet and of course uh, the with its animus also interesting because that means it can walk and then use its animus for what is it 13 inches yeah 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 it's a thing it's you're not going to see it in many lists unless uh it meets that exact criteria or you know you're trying to do something janky by powering up a ton of them but uh i would agree that it classifies as support because if you look at the agonizer stats and you look at the reptile hound they're pretty much the same you know besides the extra speed and the difference in abilities
0: Yeah, they're lessers. Lessers tend to be 13, 13, 13. If they're not, it's because of something they do. Next up is another iconic thing, the Basilisk Cray.
1: Stan, why don't you go with it? Okay. So we touched on this a little bit, but early game, your Kraya is 100% support. Like it's going to be helping you deliver your army into guns. But I often see people misplace or misuse their Kraya in the late game. Like, yes, if you have nothing else to sit in a back zone, that might be the the best thing you can do to continue scoring. But if you get your Kraya up, I have often won very, very important trades uh, using its gun just just as a denial piece. Like I don't need to necessarily land Paralyze on a caster and set up an assassination run which is something it can do uh, one of my games into Callus, I killed one less chosen than I was happy with with the turtle on the right side and I just had a Ikrea walk up and boost and paralyze one more chosen and then guess what that turtle's not going anywhere even if you ignite that unit
0: mm-hmm. that's one of the cool things about that piece though is like yeah you walk and shoot 14 inches granted anything above duff 12 i would be it's not something you're relying on but if it happens that just makes everything go a lot easier for certain yeah
1: yeah just take the chance like if you're not using your models for any sort of work then what are you doing with with them so Mm -hmm. if you feel like your crea has even a 30 percent chance to hit and it's not going to do anything else just go ahead and boost it and give it a shot well you can even cast four swords still which is nice yeah
2: Yeah, a lot of heavies just can't do anything if you paralyze it. Like you're exactly eight inches away from say uh skin and bones and you paralyze it. Yep. What's it gonna do?
0: Cry deeply is what it's gonna do. Also, don't forget it's
2: still a light war beast, so it can still slam and headbutt and do all the power attacks that lights can, which doesn't come up often, but you can still slam a heavy out of a zone with a light. You're a minus two to hit and they only go half distance, but you can still do it. Most heavies are only like death 10 to death 12, so if it doesn't work, you're not in a huge problem, and if it does, it scores you a point. Yay, looking for that boosted eight.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, POW-12 is, like, baseline useful, right? Like, you can clear solo out of off a flag or out of a zone if you need to. Um, you have the ability to boost.
2: I have many a time enraged and put a strength buff on a Korea to the confusion of opponents. <laughs> and charged heavies in the back and done a lot of damage. Yep. They do that. Yeah, so Korea is a very good short answer. Let's move on to the Cyclops Brute. I'll go ahead and start off with the Brute then. Yep, so uh, this model recently went through a change, which was shifted it from pure support to more of a hybrid role, I would argue. With going to Mat 6, it can actually do some work against infantry or other lights. It's still a really good shield guard with a super important animus, especially in the world of Sorcha 1 and Gorshade 4 becoming more popular. The anti-stationary tech is really good, especially with Makeda 3 or any of the mortals where your caster has to do work. You usually are bringing it for a shield guard and the Animus, and it will do some work starting like turn three or four, and it's really hard to remove. And that's usually why it's there.
0: Yeah, like that's just it. Yeah, the sac defense makes it uh, 4 15. It's against a chargers. 15, 18, usually 20, because you usually have an agonizer, and it has intuition, so it can force the reroll. To reroll. Yeah, exactly. So like hitting a, a death 15 is never easy to begin with, and then to force your opponent to potentially reroll that on top of screwing I- with everything else synergizes really well
2: with Makeda and Mordekar specifically, because both Mm -hmm. give it a defense buff, and both really hate having their death reduced to five.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really have a lot to add about the brute that Payton didn't already cover. Obviously, because it's kind of sitting in that vanilla baseline for a war beast besides its defensive rules, if you can find synergy and beefing it up a little bit, it'll do enough work.
0: Yeah, it's one of those pieces that is just like it could be a work piece, it could be a support piece. It really straddles that line. When you're not gonna be trying to buff it a little bit, it tends to be more support. If you're trying to buff it, it becomes more of a work piece a la Nikita three. Like you said at the very beginning, insight with him is just very, very good. All right, so the Shaman, I'll be taking that one. It also straddles the line between work and support because on one hand, it's got Primal Magic. On the other hand, it's got a range 10 POW 12 ghost shotgun, um, which we can, through Primal Magic, uh, make a range 14 POW 12 gun, which makes him shoot 20-ish inches, 22 if you have a Gladiator on top of all that. Like, he can get to some pretty obscene distances, but there's a lot of other pieces that need to be in combination with that so yeah like if you're going to be using the primal magic the beast has to be within command so it's hard for him to like really kind of go off to a flank and help support a flank kind of forces the army to group up a little bit but he's got a range to spear as well like there's the Sean's kind of really awkwardly he's hard to define because he does a lot of roles and so yeah
1: uh, i think he's very good and you guys have any other thoughts to add to that I think he's this very like malleable material that it's like a support that has to fit in with other support and the rest of the list like obviously the the shaman becomes way more potent with snipe it Mm -hmm. becomes way more potent if you have an animus that you want to use primal magic on if you're looking for a way to remove enemy upkeeps and animi like sure you don't have to you don't have have to hit you don't have to hit all of these criteria to say i want to take a shaman but generally it's a tricky piece to play. Like we were talking about this earlier where you want to be within seven to primal magic, right? Cause that's mm-hmm. the command range. Then you want to be within six to spirit blade something if that comes up, but then you also have a 10 inch range gun. And I think on its own with the right terrain, he's perfect at his job, but more often than not, you're going to want snipe to get that extra four inches to truly make him a bully. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think you either go two choices. In this building, you can choose whether you want to go down the rabbit hole of making the shaman the best shaman that can be with snipe and whatnot, or if you're just taking him because he has a lot of really cool support pieces. Like when I was playing uh, Mortal 2 with a battle Engines back at War Mission Weekend, I brought a shaman because I wanted Craft Talisman and I wanted Spirit Blade in case they rebuked my Supreme Guardian to stop Threshers. Mm hmm. So I felt that even though I didn't have Fartrack in the list, he was still worth it as a pure support piece.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I think the only time I'm hesitant to recommend the shaman, is, and I've seen battle groups like this in the past, where it's, oh, I'm gonna take a Kraya and like two shamans and nothing else really to, like you're not getting your snipe, and then mm-hmm. your shaman is just a more expensive Kraya at that point, which is not what you want. Like that is the definition of support bloating.
0: Uh, but I'll go shotgun.
1: Sure. But I'm just Versus saying, like, I, I, I don't think yeah. you want to take the shaman purely to be able to cast like a second Kraya Animus. You you want to make sure you have more synergy. Like this is a very um, combined element kind of war beast where you need to support it and it needs to support you. Otherwise, it's kind of riding the line between being useful and useless. I don't disagree with that.
0: All right, so we will go on to Stan's pet project, okay. the razor worm. <laughs>
1: Alright, to... so we we didn't add this to our list, but I gave it a, a long hard thought and through the CID I did play the Razorworm a lot because I was I wanted to test it. So here's kind of what I think the Razorworm is. It has the ability to be a 1717 17, 21 HP roadblock for your opponent. It has the ability to play chicken with either a backline piece or a dangerous solo from your opponent's list because it can just go in there and snatch it up and drag below. And there's no denying that uh, POW-12 boosted is going to kill everything it touches. And it's also starting at mat 6, so it's got uh, the right tools to to start engagement there. And of course, you have long leash, which combined with spiny growth means that it can be very far out doing its job, but also support your caster if spiny growth is something that they like. So this is where I say that sounds like a work piece to me. So it sounds like a work piece, but what I'm trying to explain is it's more of a positional bully. Like oftentimes I'm not actually going into snatch said solo because they won't give it to me. They're playing it further back. So therefore the razor worm is supporting my list in keeping something tricky or dangerous from the enemy at bay while also still being able to support my caster if needed from such a distance. And you're using it to clear contest zones which is the supportive ability i don't think you're taking the razor worm for its pow 12 one inch reach in <laughs> single initial attack with three fury to boot you know does that make um, sense
0: it does i just don't know if i agree entirely but we can disagree I- I think there
2: is exactly one place where you take a Razor and feel okay about it, and in that role, it is completely a support piece, and that is my long-hated Hexers 2.
0: <laughs> so we're just gonna play shit on Brian today? All right. yeah. Yeah. I guess that's how we're gonna go. I mean... Actually, I dropped him. I dropped oh, you him him did? Right. Okay. Okay. I'll send you guys the new list it's okay I'm I think it's spicy. Kind of anyway okay,
1: but but look at it this way right you have your other long leash beast in the Arcanon who is mm-hmm. 100% a work piece whereas like the Razorworm, is this pile of rules and special things and you don't really want to commit it you just want it to be annoying so um okay so that's kind of where I'm going with that train of thought. And that's where I had the most success playing it as a model in CID. I just thought, you know, obviously it was missing something. So here we are. And no one's taking it still.
0: <laughs> I am. Uh, or I was. I disagree, though, because the exact same reasons that the Razorworm's a support piece, the Archidon is too. It threatens a bit further, but it can hang up behind buildings or hang up behind it while well, buildings is the big one and still be able to move through them or char- can it charge over them? Them with flight or is it just models now? just oh, models. Yeah, I always get the backwards. okay, so it can hide behind other large bases and charge over them and then sprint back. but it's giving you sprint, which is key for the casters that really want sprint. So I'd put them in the same boat, but you know it's okay to disagree. That's why we have these things.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was worth mentioning, because unlike the Arcanon, who a lot of its points and the reason why you use it also fall on its combat prowess, like the Razor Worm's points are shoved into all these fancy rules that may or may not be useful for you. Sure, yeah, that's fair.
0: Um, Next up, we have the Titan Sentry. So, Peyton, why don't you go with that one? All right. Do I need to explain why I think the Sentry is support? Go ahead. Because I'm the one that made this. So the reason I think it's support is because you are bringing it to More so the reason that Stan was saying the razor worm support. He is there to stand in the way or to hold his own and be like, no, this is not going to be controlled by you. This is mine and I'm not moving. So that's kind of where I stand with that. It's got retaliatory strike, so it can live a little bit longer. Got a shield guard that is straight support. He's hard to move, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why I put him there. You can go ahead and disagree if you want to, but those were my reasonings. I'm going to disagree on the same reasoning that you disagree with the Razor Worm. The only list I have seen him in
2: competitively, there have been two. One was Mortal 3, and one is the Dash 2. And both of those, you take them because they can do reasonable work while having a high armor stat. I can see the reasoning of it's just a budget Tiberian, of it's just going to sit in his own forever and mm-hmm. try not to die. My dislike for it being the worst Titan may color this a little bit. (laughs) But I do not see it as support. I also haven't played it in about a year,
0: so... I did play it with, like, a Zadash list for a while, and I did play it with a couple other things. You're not taking it for work, and that's kind of where I said that my definition of support lies. If you're not taking it for work, you're taking it to support other things or enable your plan. Sometimes that plan is break up and don't die. <laughs> um, <it's laughs> to not me, it's not necessarily a very good plan, but... I
1: mean, Dreamer does it well.
0: Yes, but when <laughs> you've got, like, five Armor 23 pieces, it's very different than two <laughs> or one. Yeah.
1: It's definitely interesting to think about because if we're talking about the Razor Worm as a seven point investment for being annoying, the Titan Sentry is 15. So obviously like its attacks are more quality. It's not mm-hmm. like it can't do anything in melee. Like it, it can still do plenty of work, but I would never take it unless I needed a shield guard. Sure. Or I was building on some kind of question like Zadesh 2 and really breaking up. But Zadesh 2 also happens to provide it with plus two and then you Mm -hmm. still have your pain givers so all of a sudden I mean that three fury doesn't look so bad because it's still got three initials but yeah outside of of the feet turn and outside of trying to walk your list up and deliver it I would call this a support choice at least for my own uh, list inclusions because it's not going to be included in my list unless it is taken for support.
2: Mm -hmm. Fair. Just from my personal point of view usually if I'm looking at a support piece I don't see why I would take it over two brutes, but I could see the argument there. It's cheaper than two boots. It is indeed. It's a point cheaper. Yep. Sometimes it's um, cheap. th- that is completely fair. All
1: right. So oh. I was gonna. I was gonna say about the gladiator. Like, do we want to get into that at no, all? No. It's. I don't think it's a support
2: piece. I don't
1: and think it's it just support piece either. Yeah. Neither do I. Them. I
2: think. I think it's one of the best beaters in the game. All right. Keep going. I oh, just yeah. said it also has tacked tacked on uh, a really good support rule and it's animus, but mm-hmm. it's just a really quality beater.
1: I think that's why I just wanted to bring it up in case our listeners are—they're gonna—we're gonna get through the segment and they're gonna be like, "Oh, you know, i, I think they should have mentioned Titan Gladiator because it has rush, and sure. you usually take it because you need to rush your list in order to have threat ranges that do anything." But it's still nineteen
0: thirty-two box heavy at the end of the day. That's power sixteen base with three attacks. Yep, it's—it it's, right. does plenty. Um, so next, we got the extoler Soul Ward, obviously has a very good gun, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but main reason he's there is to give Isla Sight and Guidance, Isle of Sight and Magic Weapons. So that's why he's support, correct?
1: Yeah, I agree. We're going to do the next one.
0: Yep, go ahead, Stan, and then Peyton, and we'll just keep cycling through.
1: Have All been. right, the Ekstolar Navititiyat Yati. <laughs> so uh yeah i mean w- what about this model would make you think it's not support you got a strength buff for your solos and your sg you get 33 percent more immortals as long as you can risk being in your command bubble and then you have a repair otherwise what else does it do this is a support model mm-hmm.
0: he does have a melee attack but yes exactly he is
2: support through attack next one we have is the immortal vessel we finally get an arc node it's support if your caster has a good spell to arc it you'll take it if not you don't
0: he does very nicely have Annihilating Gaze Gun. That's a randomly right lower power. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> don't get me started on that. Uh, next up, we got the Willbreaker, the Mortather's Willbreaker. He has no attack. He doesn't have Ancillary Attack anymore. He has Flesh Hardening, which gives you tough, and, uh, and all continuous effects expire. And he has Puppet Master. That's it now, right? oh he used to have ancillary attack god damn it he used to have ancillary attack he used to have beastmaster so you could force things in his command range which was 10 but not in your warlock's control range i could be mistaken but he still has influence right that's the one yes he picked up
1: influence instead of one of those yep
0: so yeah complete support nothing to even mention otherwise
1: all right payton you take this next one
0: Alright, next up we got the Pain Taskmaster.
2: If we're playing in the theme which we got our namesake from, Disciples of Agony, you will take him at max FA because he hands out no knockdown and he hands out plus 2 strength, which makes like brigands or valkyries to kill heavies. Important note, it's not hands out, he just does. All you have to do is be in his command range. For the no knockdown, yeah. Yes. The plus 2 strength is a star action and he can mm-hmm. hand out repo 3, which if you're taking crow is very important. And he can also hand them tough if you're not playing pigs if you're playing disciples you take two
1: yeah they're great (laughs) they're just you know they're stuck where they are indeed all right abaddon the keeper so this model is a, I would say a, a staple in exalted list right now because he is a recurring shield guard. So he's providing you with that support, making sure your models don't get nasty effects put onto them, making sure they don't take damage going in and he reuses himself. So with his own soul, you're able to then bring him back. The only divide onto which I would blur the line between support and uh, work model is he's still got a decent attack. He has flank. He's excellent at unjamming pieces that your opponent tries to put in your way and of course you just throw him on a flag and he dies and so what no you don't lose any sleep over it you send them right back in
0: so the reason and this goes back to our definition he's not contributing to the fight until late game he's not mainly there to contribute to the fight he's mainly there for his shield guard ability and his recursion he's there to be annoying and that's about it if he gets work done, that's a benefit.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Not, I qualify him. I qualify him as support, but he's also got a very cool design in okay. in that he does combat work. Sure.
0: I actually disagree with this next one, so someone else do it, and I will explain why
1: cool. I disagree. So I'll blow through this real quick. So uh, Optimus Marqueth. So he has the fairly standard caster attachment template, Spell Slave with Harmonious. But, and this is probably where you might lean, Brian, with his Spirit Eye Gun and the ability to throw some really powerful offensive spells, he transitions into the... You could even do it before what I define the mid game as. Like, he could mm-hmm. be turn two already, just throwing out a breath of corruption or mortality or whatever it be. But yes, he is there supporting your warlock on like the first turn and the next turn.
0: Yes, and my disagreement will be that you're not taking him if you don't have a, a very good spell to cast with him, or you are the most fury strapped warlock in the game, which we don't have. So, like, I think you only take him with Morgul, 2 or Rishath, or that's uh, the big two, that, like, maybe Xerxes, too, um, because he can throw out Stranglehold. I, it, he, it's, his goal isn't to, like, yes, he can support the warlock, but he isn't there to support the warlock. He is there to throw out those spells first and foremost. Counterpoint?
2: Sure three he he doesn't really, he's not really sure. casting your spells he's just there for harmonious
0: and possibly a free upkeep later in the game that one yeah he can i guess sure he can be a supporty model i think he is more a work model but i, I think he is like, like
2: shifts Uh, sure list a list depending on caster but yeah
0: okay that's it for solos now we're on to units you notice we kind of started burning a little faster we noticed the time Uh, the first one we got here is nope (laughs) Um, they are bullet sponges that is the only reason they are there and that is what you will get out of them They've got girded, which is they've got girded, girded too, yeah. But we don't even see blast that often, and when you do see Aoes, we're tr- it's swinging more towards non blast damage. So I don't, I'm seeing less and less of a reason to
1: take them. But that's me. Indie agreed. all right so pain giver beast handlers support is support is support right so these are this is like (laughs) with the agonizer and the crea this is our you know holy trinity and these guys are there to remove fury to make fury economy easier by providing free charges and they absolutely if you want to be a better scorn player you need to learn how to transition these models into the mid to late game because they actually do work like anatomical precision is really good at removing certain things in the meta. And if you can identify that at the start of your game, they can be in the position to do something. Occasionally, you can load up an enemy War Beast. That's
0: how I won my first tournament with Xerxes
1: 2. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't even mention that, obviously, they can enrage our beasts and give them extra hitting power. This is a very, very well-designed unit. like One of my favorite units in the whole game because they are absolutely a support unit but if you master them and if you play them well they will do work for you and they also have so many options that you're you're constantly deciding where they need to be do they need to score a zone do they need to be there to remove fury do they have to prod a charge like they're just a great piece uh peyton are you comfortable taking this last one so, these are the support pieces that you get only in Master's Reward, and they are
2: fantastic. Uh, the TICOM and Standard Bear. First thing they bring you is a soul that you kill turn one in the flag. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: the Tyrant Commander gives you plus two inches on a full advance. If, or he has three battle plans, one of which is plus two inches on a full advance. The second is Pathfinder, and the last one is Stand Up. Isn't, Probably, yep. Isn't super great right now because we don't have a ton of tough in that theme that isn't already steady. Um, uh, you
0: have Will Breakers.
2: Yeah, if you will break your 1 of the small base units, it comes up, but or if you're playing against Krios 1. And you happen to live. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> um, These guys do great work. They score zones like a boss because he'll give a battle play and run to the circle zone. That's about it.
0: So we're going to transition to minions real quick. I'm going to just brattle off a bunch of them, and we'll stop and just do a quick agree-disagree. For the Solos, we've got the Bog Truck Misspeaker. You take him in Imperial Warhost and or when you've got a free minion slot and you need a third Eyeless slide Magical Weapons.
1: Yeah, and you define him as purely support. Like he sits on a flag in his stealth cloud, or he casts influence rarely, and those are all support abilities.
0: I mean, yeah, I've I've cast the cloud a handful of times at best, and I've cast influence even fewer times. Like it is ninety nine percent. Give me that guidance. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's all guidance, and occasionally an influence or a
2: bonk with his power eleven stick. I'll,
0: I'll more often swing than than yeah cast influence the bone shrine technically works for us doesn't actually work elish garrity the occultist he's a very cool model the problem is he's five points that doesn't add to anything he's got puppet strings and he's got the offensive dispel that does d3 damage can remove upkeeps from enemy units it's our only way besides hex blast to do it and he's got bleed which is cool but he doesn't do that ever he is five
1: points of support any comments christians concerns about him yeah, he's support. I Like, you take yeah. him for support. He's got some offensive ability, but if you're committing him to that, then uh, you shouldn't be spending five points on him. Correct. Right.
0: The Feral Geist, incorporeal thing that if you're playing against words also has a cute trick, and that's about it. Like, you can take over one beast one time. If you know one of your beasts is going to die, like a hydra, you can leave him near the hydra and pop in there and be very <laughs> cute. But beyond that, he's there to camp legs and or provide a laser target for the mammoth if you can manage that. Um, the Gator Man Witch Doc doesn't actually work for us anymore. Like, he works for us, but he's like the Bunch Rank. He doesn't do anything because everything is friendly faction. Um, the Gobber Tinker, I find him pretty cute. He's two points, so if you're ever taking him and not a Novitiate, you better have a really good reason because he only repairs. He's always got cover, which makes him a Def 16 against range, which is kind of cute. But yeah, he's there to repair things and. Get out the way. The Gremlin Swarm, it's the best contesting solo probably in the game, because Stealth and Carp. we can only take one of them, so we can't do the Grimkin thing. Uh, he does have a little bit of offensive potential with jacks um, and battle engines, but it's not something you're going to be actively trying to use. Uh, the Ogren Bokur is a nice shield guard, actually a really nice shield guard, with clients. So he hits really hard when near your caster, or whatever he's cliented to, but beyond that he's not going to be doing that much output. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he's got a, a really solid attack even without that uh, range to pow 15. But yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, POW start... 15 yeah he's pow 15 base. He's got client. Jesus.
0: Uh, yeah, that's better than I thought. I thought it was a thirteen. Um, Oren can be kind of straddling the line, but not really. Um, he is there to use those arcane tokens to stop spells prior to the Supreme Guardian. That was our only way to stop incoming spells. And that really sucked because he was five points that died really fast. He also was
2: very struggling, like find lists, because he was popular in Zedesh too. But you got to choose between him or the Misspeaker, and it's a really mm-hmm. hard decision.
1: Yep. Oh, I was just gonna say that uh, with where the game is right now, like Chain Lightning is just dookie. Like I-, I play my Tharn a lot, and I I can't remember a single time where I've had to cast Chain Lightning off of uh, who is it, the Shaman? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't do enough at this point, especially yeah. where you want his tokens to be. Yeah, exactly. Chain is strength.
2: actually really good into thorn, but well, that's a conversation for a different time.
0: It's it, it Titan off five is the problem.
1: Also, something super hilarious, because I haven't played with uh, the Ogryn Bokor, just to double back for a second. He also mm-hmm. has power, Powerful Charge on that pull arm.
0: Yeah, so he's Matt 10, pow 15, Pau 17. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's accurate.
1: Um, Swamp cover River Raiders, they're
0: cute. They add to your solo count, and they're cheap. That's about all I can say that's good for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's three solos
0: for four points,
1: if that's a that's thing. You that, yeah. Did we skip the chef? Oh, we did. I'm um, sorry.
0: Yeah, the oh, chef wow. is uh, just a one point filler. Honestly, yeah. there's we don't have another he, single point thing. So yeah,
1: he he's a one really point. Well, yeah, he's flag MVP for one point uh-huh. for sure.
0: Um, I didn't put this one in there, and I disagree with it. So, Peyton, you can explain the last yeah. one. Yeah, all right. So, as a Scorn player, a lot of my Imperial Warhorse lists have
2: been struggling with Spread the Net a lot. And so I started toying around with him instead of the Gribbling Storm, because Who's he's him? really good at the Gator Husk. <laughs> and he's been really great at just being super annoying for that solo on the flag, because if you ca- if you damage him, he has a pretty good shot at spraying your solo that's on the flag. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that's, and- I mean, that's kind of why... I disagree is like he his main reason for being there isn't to support your models he is there to have a plan of his own not enable a, your plan
2: my, if my plan is not losing scenario sure. <laughs> <laughs> he enables that uh, for the same reason like a gremlin swarm does or whatever contesting model you are his reason he's a good contesting model is your opponent doesn't want to attack him rather than
1: they can't
0: yeah, I think he's more on the work side, but I can see your reasoning.
1: I feel like shooting them with the Mammoth and DOA would be pretty fun. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, let's let's move on to units.
0: Yep, so we got the Boil Master and Spirit Cauldron, good in DOA. Yep. yep. We don't have anything that uses the corpses he wants to hand out, so at best he's another Puppet Master.
1: Yeah, you basically need the combo with the Shamblers, like there's not really anything else. Or the Boonsworms. swarms. Oh Yeah. yeah. The croak trappers I put
0: in here because they're really a combat unit, but they are so support in what they want to do. They have a knockdown gun. It's not even that high pow. They're like pow eights or something like that. They're garbage, but they have a knockdown gun, which is really good for low mat stuff. That's about all I can say for them. All right. Yeah. yeah sure. right. I was going to do about them. Got it. Uh, sure, grinders, I don't know if either of you have really even played them in Mark Three. I definitely had them with my Morgul Two list for a while. Yeah. Pre CID. Um, Pre CID. Yeah. You wanted them in Masters of War, but now you don't need them because you got the Shaman in there again. But they are hundred percent support. Yeah. I used to play them a lot. Now we've got Vessels and Shamans in majority of the themes, so don't mm-hmm. take them as much anymore. This is the one that I struggled the most to put into the support. List. Um, and this yeah, might be why I would we've, argue with this one. Yeah, we, this might be why we've, we've argued about some of the other ones. The Pharaoh Valkyries, I put them in here because their main reason for being in the list is to be shield guards. They are not there to do work. They can, but they don't need to. They are yeah. there to make sure the big pieces get into their job.
1: You're not ever spending eight points on them because you just want like a decent combat unit because those those eight points also cut into your free cards. So I agree with you there. You're taking them for the shield guards. But oh, Lord, do they do work?
0: Oh, they can. They are very, very good. But that's why I put them in the support. Like, again, this is based off my somewhat nebulous definition of support. So I can understand there being reasons. Um, and yeah. then the last unit is the Swamp Gopper's Bellows crew. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, but
2: yeah. They do uh, have weapons. They just don't use them. New. No.
0: So yeah, going <sighs> onwards with the support topic, how much is too much? It's hard. It's like pornography. You know it when you see it. You just know like uh, i've got a couple of examples here like exalted can add up real fast i did a quick breakdown if you take a max of all of like the solos that are what we consider support solos and even the ag i added him in there because in that list he is mostly there as support he isn't a support piece but he is mostly there for support in that list you have 38 points of just these solos and that's too much. You shouldn't have that much. That's not going to allow you to stay in the game.
1: Any other examples? So when said support is free, are you counting that? Would you count that towards your you know no, hard cap? I'm-
0: that's why I said that in the very next example, Imperial Warhost is actually hard to go too much on support because you get at minimum one Agonizer and one Kraya for free. And the only unit you can take are Pinggiver Beast Handlers unless you take a minion unit. So like it's almost impossible to take quote unquote too much support in that list.
1: Mm hmm.
2: I think it really depends on the list. I'm looking at like Makeda 3 and Rochelle specifically. They have a lot of points dedicated to support, but that's because their list is based around like three to four models doing everything. And if those three to four models are optimized,
1: they can i think that if your list unlocks in a way where especially if you're you can get work out of some of the support models because of the nature of say being a debuff caster then maybe it's acceptable i think uh it's a hard call because you really you have to look at your pair and you have to go in with the mindset of what is adding an extra layer of support that i don't need and then that's where you start cutting
0: yeah yeah anyone got other examples of like a heavy support list though uh, I'm trying to
1: think of one.
2: My old like two the- list that I was playing for a while. It ran three Novitiate's, nova- th- 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 Abaddon, and Ag, Hakar. and my battle group was Agonizer, Agonizer, Korea Shaman. Oof, like yes,
0: <laughs> 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 sure. Does uh- the
1: I I haven't added this up in my head, but does the old like Makeda Cat list kind of skirt that line? It no? does. It can. No.
0: Depends on your battle group, but it, I mean the typical battle group was Kraya molek Yeah. So you have the
2: Krea, you've, no, you've got two Warren. No you've got one.
0: Okay. I wouldn't call Demon as
2: a support. I think ninety percent of the time you're taking him for dodge and then he randomly does an attack.
0: I never played him that way, but I guess sure. Yeah, no, I mean I'm you're going
1: all bad. in on on supporting your work pieces and you do put in a lot of support. And then you had the two will breakers as well.
0: Yeah, like in my eyes it was fifteen points of support. Okay, I was thinking three three themes, and then it was 27 points.
1: Although I I didn't necessarily bring that up as an example of a list with too much support, but Mm -hmm. it is is a list where you can justify having a lot of support, because the thing that you're trying to do with it is a very difficult question, or at least (laughs) was at the time. Sure. The
0: thing about that list, and this is where you sometimes... The fewer models in your list, the easier it is to say maybe I have too much support because when one tenth of your models is support, it's not bad. But when one third of your models are support, then it looks worse than it is. Or when you have more support than work models. Yeah. Like, or when, yeah. And like, <laughs> the, that was always the thing with cats is they're only pow 12 really. Yeah. So that was always the thing. It was always very, very. Hey, usually well.
2: they were power 14s because of how waterfalling worked, but sure. But yeah. Um,
1: all right, I don't have anything to add there. I just thought that that was an interesting list to bring up. All right, so
0: the next thing is, so how do we fit support into lists without going overboard? And I dropped an example list of the reshuffle list that all three of us are playing right now. Technically, there's 32 points of quote-unquote support in that list, but none of us feel like that's too much, Right. If there was a way to get points good for Nagel to where I could have
2: the car for something else, I'd probably do that. But it's just how the list works. That's the only one I would even consider getting rid of.
0: And even he's got a really good gun. Like, I never take he's, him to support the Venators because A, screw them. But B, like, he's he's got a really good gun by
1: himself. He is not. He's, shabby. he's, he's real solid for four points. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you're just using him as a four-point work model, I think he's fine.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, like, we talked about how the Valkyries straddle that line between support and work and so that's like eight of that points and then like the Agonizer and the Kraya those are arguable sometimes especially in this list when you're using the Kraya to paralyze things and the Agonizer to go bump things out of zones because everything in this list is super aggressive
1: that's where the debuffs come in like all of a sudden alright something's bloodmarked something's feeded your Kraya's POW 16 mm-hmm
2: well, you still got pain givers. Like, if your opponent isn't playing guns and they just walk into a creative threat range, like you can make him a mat eight, pow eighteen, light. Matt like mat eight, six
1: feet and carnivore. Oh, carnivore, six. god. Damn. Oh yeah, carnivore, yeah. Uh, that would be a stretch if you were. Putting, like, <laughs> it it was.
2: It would area. be a stretch, but it is there. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Even at mat six, pow eighteen, which is pretty trivial to get if you have feet.
1: So would you two say that debuff casters in general are where you might end up with more support than what our normal uh, you know, threshold is? Like Morgul too can have the same thing happen where he, mm-hmm. he might want an extoller, he might want a vessel, or 2, he also needs nope. to make sure he doesn't die, and so on.
0: Well, I, it really so- depends on the theme you run him in. Yeah, I I, my counterpoint would be
2: that our Turtles like a support-based list, and our debuff catchers like Turtles.
0: I mean, but a support-based list for Turtles is an Agonizer and a unit of Base Handlers and maybe a Kreia.
2: They also really like a misspeaker or an Extoller, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just using that as an example, because I think uh, you can easily get bogged down in more support than you need, or more support than is standard for you with casting like that.
0: And we'll kind of talk about that in a few seconds. So, like, going onwards, what are some ground rules that we would have regarding support? No, I've got about 20 points is where you should be topping out. If you have more than that,
1: you're kind of starting
0: to run low on things that can actually get worked on. versus... Yes. At that point,
2: you need to look at your list and make sure that the support is the optimal decision. And there are times where it is where it's Mm -hmm. the correct decision to have more than 20 points of support. But make sure
1: that you are making the correct decisions. (laughs) Sure. You might not recognize this in list building. Like you might have that list hit the table and then get to turn five or six and just be like, God, what am I doing with all the support? Like I Mm -hmm. I can't clear a zone. I can't reliably get to the flag and you know, at that point you're probably gonna start looking at some hard cuts. So if you if you do go over this threshold and you think that all these pieces are necessary, that's where you have to test.
0: Yep. Um and then also like kind of leads us into the second point that Evan laughed at. Support is that. Support is removing things that do work or things that don't do work. They're thieving you of the ability to end the game mostly. And this happened especially at the beginning of Mark Three for me when we were in the, the danger zone. I, I aggressively attacked anything that wasn't doing work. I was like, why is this here? This has to have a, a very good reason to be here. Otherwise it's out. So I found myself cutting like, oh, well, if I hit this, I need this. Well, if I hit that, I need this other thing. And and all of a sudden, like, you've got more answers, but you've got nothing to really apply those answers to anymore.
1: Yeah, just to so jump on. off that point for a second, to me, when you're looking at your list and you're realizing, you know, you can't fit an extra unit, this is jumping off of what you said, or you can't max out a unit or you can't put the, the UA that's going to give you, like, power swell or, you mm-hmm. know, all of the neat extoller features that the Immortals get, then you're really doing too much support.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Up. Or like you look at your list and you're like... I mean, you, you have to look at your list and go, like, what's doing all the heavy lifting? And there are some lists where five models do do all the heavy lifting. Kaiju, for example. But that list works because they do so much heavy lifting by themselves. And it's not like there's that much tied up. I don't think there's any. There's five points or seven points now tied up in support. It's a maximum unit of pain giver beast handlers. You can't cut and anything the else. Guys. Oh, and a feral guy. So nine points, sorry. Nine points of support out of 103 20. No. Oh, yeah, it's right. free, cards, free, free cards, a free cards. Free and Free Crap. Yeah. So yeah. You, uh, like, 122. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing really good there. But, like, the the big ones are exalted. Like, I started with, in my Morgul list, two Vessels, two Novitiated Idiots, blah, blah, blah. Like, and the Fixins for everything. And now, in my Makeda 3 list, I have one novitiate.
1: Okay, I remember the point. Okay. I remember the point that I break parted off of. So if your support is just prolonging you from losing the game and you don't actually have a plan to win the game with that amount of support, then that's, that's the biggest issue you can identify. So, you know, if all you're doing is I want to lose slower or I, mm-hmm. I, I want to not lose as bad, you have to ask yourself, how do I win? What am I sacrificing here just to deliver more models of my army there and how many models am I actually going to deliver to do the work that I need to do?
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to the original point of support is theft. Like there was times where I took out. Beast handlers, I took out Agonizers, I took out Krayas, because they weren't doing, at that time, they were not doing anywhere near enough. We didn't get free charges from Pain givers. The Kraya only added plus 2 death and immunity to blast damage. It was hot garbage, and so it was just like, why is this in here then? It was because I was used to it from Mark 2 when they were key pieces to making your army work. And so just try a list that doesn't involve any support. Find out where you're falling off on, and then add in support for that way. I tend to start from that end where I get as much in as possible. that can do stuff. And then I scale it back because it's too much. Like I've got pieces at the end that don't have anything to do or I lost because they had this one very specific answer or piece of tech that I couldn't answer. And I don't see myself taking that answer in another list, things like that. Any other ground rules from you guys?
1: Not really. There are things that I want to leave for the listener questions. Sure. Okay. So I guess speaking of those, let's go in.
0: So uh, I'll start it off with Clockwork Chester.
1: He asks, so too much support is often
0: mentioned. Can the inverse be true and you have too little support in a list? If so, how do you recognize that, that you need to add in support? I kind of just answered that. But in short, if you aren't able to answer common problems, you're probably doing too much
1: work. Yeah, if your work is dependent on a possibility that nothing bad will ever happen to your models, then you're probably doing too much work. For example, you know, running a a big uh, shooting platform like a Siege Turtle or a Mammoth and not having a way to remove blind or to give it guidance so that it can get to the target it needs to get to, you'll often be sad when you run into a game like that.
2: if you... If you have a very specific plan and your models are not able to complete said plan due to, not like specific models, but due to like certain rules that you just can't answer, it might be because you're not taking support models. If you run into a stealth skew and both your lists have guns and you just can't kill the stealth models because you didn't bring extolers. You didn't bring enough support. We are very much a support-based faction. Finding the balance between too much and too little is key to list building. Correct.
0: Yep. Though so I would again err on the caution cosh- on the side of too little versus too much, because otherwise you might have a good list, but if you don't win by turn three, it's gonna fall apart.
1: All right. So I R Jake on Discord asks, how do you get your support models to do work? Okay. Uh, this. Yeah, this is like a passion topic for me, but go ahead, Payne, I'll let you start it off.
2: I think this is one of the key features of a Scorn player who is shifting from a new Scorn player to a getting better Scorn player is they start to understand how to force their support models to do work. They start to understand when the pain givers are going to charge, when the extoler is going to boost damage with its gun um, instead of getting guidance or throwing out some souls. You, you understand when your Krio is going to slam or charge something or use its paralysis gun instead of using force aura that's just understanding where that switch point is in the game is something that a advancing scoring player needs to be able to comprehend and look at the table and understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. that covers what I was going to say. You know, you got to know when your TICOM is going to go in and be a weapon master and do work. You got to know when your agonizer needs to just throw its life away and go use repulsion. You got to make sure your pain givers are not just sitting in the back of the board whipping a, like your Kraya that's shooting stuff or whatever backline piece that's not going to enter as far in the fight. Like they mm-hmm. need to also move up and do things.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, short answer is I agree with all that. Um, longer answer is... It's not always going to be late game. You need to recognize the situations as they unfold. So like extoler Soul Ward, there is a heavy beast sitting on the other side of a forest from it that is not yet engaged, but will be by your gladiator. Do you shoot it? Or do you give Eyeless Sight or magic weapons to your turtle on the other side, like that is trying to shoot something else? I mean, the thing is, you have to be able to be like, all right, these are the suite of abilities. Which one's optimal now? And go for it and do all that quickly because you're on a clock. It, it's really just about feeling it out at some point and understanding. Sometimes it's, let me try this because I've never done it before and then
2: seeing how good it is. As an aside, there. My last game with Makeda 3, I had four ravage, or four Paingivers kill four Ravagers. Yep. <laughs>
0: uh, I, on the other side of that, I had an X-Dollar Soul Ward at dice minus one, boosted damage, do three damage to type Solid.
1: I yep. mean, yeah, that's not the model's fault, though. But no, that's a, That yes. happens.
0: Um, the next one, I feel like we kind of covered but i want to give it a a more thorough answer um do you consider combat specialist support i.e coke trappers valkyries effereed scouts or in midwinter do you put them in another category uh that is a question by orion so you mixed things up in this question orin is pretty much pure support like yes he has chained lightning but that's again, like that late game thing that you're just doing to finish clearing out a zone. That's not something that is his primary target. The Valkyries are brought in for shield guards first. They're damaged second. The Croak Trappers and Efreet Scouts are where you're kind of in the same category, but Efreet Scouts don't have any support. Um, They're just an AP gun. So, like, no, just straight combat solos are not support. They are work. That's what they want to do. That is their primary goal at all times. The Croak Trappers just have such low power that their guns aren't going to do any they're there to knock things down and make it easier for you to deal with them.
1: I think that the most tricky part about this question when you're doing your list building is oftentimes when you're picking like when you have to go into minions to pick a, a flag solo, you want the best best of what you can afford with your points. So you're looking for the supportive means of like, okay, this model just needs to survive and sit on a flag. But if you can get a model that can sit on the flag, but also like Gundren, wake up and do work. That's oh, like the k- totem hunter. Yes. Can like, jump that's around. Kinda, it's the best of both worlds. And like you are making that decision for support, but that's kind of like the last point of your list building where you're looking at your list saying, mm, I don't have enough solos what's going to sit on a flag, and then make your choice. Yeah,
0: but that's still like, sure, their primary purpose might be to, ah, god damn. This is where the nebulous definition comes into play. Like a support model helps your army achieve its goals, and yes, every piece of your army is helping you achieve your goal to win the game. That's not, don't be that way. They provide some specific buff or debuff or something that helps your army get to where it needs to get to faster. Totem Hunter doesn't do that. He just goes in and does his work. He he goes in and makes two swings, and if you're lucky, he sprints back. The Afri Scout goes up, shoots, and then repos back. They're not there to support your army just because they can do boost support-like things, like sure, camp on sure. a flag. Yeah. That doesn't make them a support model. Uh, like that's just it. Anything you camp a flag, anything can you know any unit can hold a zone. Any y- y- jack can be in a, a a zone and and control it. That's not support by itself.
1: I agree with you. I just think that when when you're down to your last few drops of points, like mm-hmm. you're, you're making the choice for support, but obviously you get whatever the best thing is you can get is. And that doesn't necessarily Correct. make that model support.
0: Exactly. That's yes, that's it. Exactly. It doesn't make the model support just because you chose it for a support reason. Um, anyway, Next.
2: Okay, I always seem to run into a lot of opponents who who are able to ignore the Kree Animus. Do you have any suggestions what to do with the 7 dead points when I run to the blessed Manoff? Good line. Do you want me to tie these two together here? Yeah. Alright, to tie into my previous question, should we be adding an Agonizer or Endor to every list? They both bring strong effects to your list, but also 13 points on your list. What kind of list can you safely kill one or the other from? For the most part, on the Korea I Minoth mean, is weird because they just get blessed <laughs> from the theme. Yeah, uh, but for most opponents, <laughs> they have to spend resources to get blessed. Or and if Resnick two, right? Or for Resnick two, they say you're still forcing two focus to be spent. You Usually, find it's worth to spend the two, uh, add the two fury to the table to force them to spend that focus. And to the next part, it's just what does the list play into and what does it need to do? Is this your anti line list? You definitely need a Korea. Is this your? Uh, is this list going to be trying to strum out in the middle of the board with a bunch of heavy beasts in a bunker? Should probably have an agonizer in it. If it's a mix of the two, that's where testing comes in. Test with Kriya, test without Kriya. Mm-hmm. At least that's my usual philosophy on it.
1: Go ahead, Stan. You have to look at your list pair and Mm -hmm. you have to decide, like, I feel like the Agonizer is more generally applicable than the Craya, but you still get to a situation where you you have to say, what does my list do? Like, what does my what does my list need to do in my pair? And then you drop one or the other or in some cases, both.
0: To the first one, Peyton answered it very well. Uh, to the second one, d- absolutely do not assume that having a Craya or an Agonizer is set in stone. It is 13 points and sometimes you don't need it. In my Exalted list, I don't run a Craya. And I feel like running a Craya in most Exalted lists is actually a bad thing. Because you're trying to get, a, it depends on how you run it, but usually you're trying to run a medium base in the, in a sea of small bases guess what the target's going to become. So you don't do that. Um, it's one of the reasons why I don't like Salt 2 anymore is because that's that was one of the things. It was two shamans or a shaman and a kraya, and they were trying to protect 30 immortals which clumped them up and put giant beacons on those beasts' heads. So don't assume that. I run without creas relatively frequently. I run without agonizers less frequently because like uh, Stan said they are so toolboxy. It's hard to say. They're generally just a minus two strength debuff but not being able to cast spells is a huge thing. Adding a fury when they're running up against a beast brick can totally screw with their math and totally screw them over next term so agonizers are usually more solidly in malice, but neither of them is auto included
1: yeah and this echoes back to the point you made earlier about exalted specifically having so much invested in support that good lord if you're sticking a crea in there and mm-hmm. you're going you know from 38 to 45 like ugh. yep that's yeah that's frightening
0: all right mm-hmm. so How do we go about identifying a list that is worth support bloating when when doing something like devoting your whole battle group or to support or going all in on supporting a caster? Is there a mathematical mathematics value you're looking for to decide if it's worth the investment? Does the question posed by this type of list have to be incredibly potent to make it viable for you? Makeda One top
1: 10. Wrong.
0: Um...
1: (laughs) that's not wrong it's someone's username it's it's, it's, i mean they can be
0: factually incorrect usernames uh (laughs) i have a lot to say about this i'm gonna do it real quick the only time in scoring that i can see that happening is with a makeda three list or no just makeda three because she has all of the tools to single-handedly kill an army no other caster we have has that, ah, uh, and can live. And I feel like Makuta Three is the only one that I could do, I could see that happening with. But even then, you're taking a huge risk, and you basically have to make your caster immortal. And I don't think that's possible. I think it may just be like if he's depending on how, how far
2: he's meaning here with the support bloat, I do think Zal Two Double Supreme, which can be a very support heavy battle group, or uh the Rochester Triple Battle Engine list, which is very support heavy. Both fall on the wider end of this spectrum of probably more support than is
1: expected, but mm-hmm. the support makes the
2: list work.
0: Again, um, but like a lot of that support is not quite support either.
1: But it's that, not that was support. part of the question, right? Like when what casters or when can you devote your whole battle group to support? And I think Zaltu could be an example of that. And it is a caster that can do a lot of work with all that fury and you know boosting your models and such.
0: I don't agree. I don't like Zaltu that much. So I'm not saying it's I'm a perfect think. example,
1: but Yeah, you can go there because under him, you get a lot of work from your list and then the list gives back to him to do the work. Sure. Uh,
0: the thing is, we don't have like a Butcher 3. Sure. Well, like the closest we got is Makeda 3. Yes. And she's very good and she can surf, which is similar to Impending Doom. But she is not immune to charges from living models on feed turn. So... <laughs> That's a big part of why he can do what he does. Uh, Stan, why don't you get the next one?
1: Okay, so why is Double Min Pain Givers always a bad choice? And this comes from Matthew Bunting. You want Uh, me to answer it? Sure, go for it. In the list that I see or used to see Double Min Pain Givers, I think it's a difficult sell because in Warhost, you have a very high point threshold to hit for your free cards and then you also need a solo and most oftentimes that's the misspeaker so like i think things just get very tight and i think if you're gonna go and play wins or something and want a unit of pain givers on each turtle we already saw how deep in support that rachette list was Mm-hmm. I think you're dipping a little too far into making everything optimal when you're realizing like, oh, you know, once the once the game starts, once I brick up, my turtles are going to get their tokens anyway. Yep. And they're probably going to live unless I position like a potato. And potato positioning happens. It happens. Absolutely. It happens. And, you know, that's not the. you don't want to. Have something like that happen to you, and be like, "Oh, if only I had more support." Because <laughs> the pain givers wouldn't have made your turtle survive. They probably sure. would have left an extra damage on it if you're unlucky. Yep, Peyton. It can
2: be an okay decision, but the lists are really weird and really rare. Like sometimes if I'm not playing Zadesh and Jalam, I'll play double men pain givers, but it's really hard sell. Uh, and that's just mm-hmm. because he has too many beasts on him. But usually I go for single max if possible.
1: There's- I think Zadesh is actually a good reason why that that ends up being bad. Is like mm-hmm. you can just you can just have as a dash to take that fury load away from you and you get a little more work out of that solo and whatever his beast is probably the gladiator because of yeah. it.
0: There's one time when it's a, not a bad choice when you have three points left over and you already have a max unit and you've already used up your minion slot in the solo and unit and you don't have another three points solo to add. in.
2: Yeah. So we're an imperial war host.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We've already have a max unit. And we've used both the unit and the solo slot for minions.
0: Yep. All right. (laughs) Yep. It's not not off. Um, (laughs) Last question. Since support is left, what support pieces do you find yourself leaving out of lists? What support pieces can you not live without and why? From Mort Mueller from Discord. Do you guys want me to just say my answer and then you guys tack on? Yeah, just go for it. Some of this is going to refer back to earlier in the podcast, so I apologize, but... Uh, when I started playing New Exalted, I tended to lean towards most of the Fixins. Um, but as I have continued to play that list, I have dropped the Immortal Vessels completely from my list and I am down to 1 Novitiate. I have broken myself of most of my bad habits and thinking that I must take X or Y by going months without them. At the beginning of Mark Three. Like I said earlier, I cut all the support because since it didn't add enough value to my list anymore. The only piece I don't like cutting from my list entirely is the agonizer. Pretty versatile little beast that at absolute worst is 13 extra health for your caster and plus two arm for an 8 inch one. So that is as close as I get to live without. I have taken the draconian stance of if it's not performing the way I want it to or as I expected it to, it is being cut. To add on to that, in the post-CID Scorn world,
2: I don't think I've put a Will Breaker on the table. There's a lot better usage for four points right now in most of our themes. And so that specific support piece, I have used very little. And extolers are another one that have been cut out of a lot of my lists. Like pre-CID, they were in every Exalted list I'd ever made. Now they aren't in any. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because like the Vessels take that spot, and it's really hard to fit in all the support solos you want.
1: Yeah, I don't have a ton to add here like the agonizer is probably the end of my chopping block most of the time like it's a really hard piece to cut out but everything else is very much caster and list specific and then even still you need to decide absolutely what you need and that's dictated by your pair.
0: Oh, uh, going back just a little bit, I do remember a list that I didn't have an Agonizer or a Crayon. Um, my Makeda 3 Exalted list, uh, my battle group was a brute, the Despoiler, and Narcadon.
1: Which makes sense there. You want your Exalted to die, and you want them to do work, and then you want to set up your heaviest mm-hmm. hitters with Malik and Makeda, or with Despoiler and Makeda, whatever it be. I honestly think like a lot of our small-based... Lists can
2: go without a Crea or an Agonizer, just because that plus two armor on here, small bases, really doesn't mean anything.
1: Yeah. No.
0: No. (laughs) I'm also running a list now without either. My Hexers 2 list has double Archadon Bronzeback. Yeah. So, yeah, they exist. It's just kind of strange when you think about them, but they exist. Um, So, in conclusion, I guess, uh, before we sign off, think about your support before you put it on. Ask yourself exactly what is it going to do, exactly how is it forwarding your plan to do whatever your main goal for your list is going to be via scenario or attrition or are you going for the assassination? Try and make sure that you're actually doing that. Yeah, yeah. that's the best I can say is you, you just have to think uh, and try it and test and test and test and test. Um, I mean, I've been playing this game for practically 10 years and I still don't have that quite nailed down. So support is a tricky one. It's hard to understand exactly when you're going too much or too little.
1: I also uh, want to encourage you guys after you listen to this episode. You know, if we missed something, it might have been because of time. It might have been because we don't view it as support, or if we define things in a way you don't agree with. Like, go ahead and make a comment and let us know what you think. Because this mm-hmm. is a this is a difficult topic to get people to agree on. Like you saw us us butt heads about a couple of things during this episode. So we'd love to hear from you.
0: All right, so um, on that note, we're going to sign off. Thank you to Line of Sight for hosting us, and thank you to all our Patreons. Um, We got a couple new ones this week, and we are always deeply, deeply appreciative of that. Um, We should be getting new mics. Probably one of us will get one soon. The other one will probably have to wait until next month, so hopefully the sound quality will get a little bit better. Um, Maybe not the content, but, you know, that's us, not not the mics. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, we are Disciples of Agony on Facebook. We have a group, follow us. We celebrate milestones kind of oddly. We have a Twitter that is mostly dead, but if you want to follow that, um, mostly I just retweet all the announcements. Um, But if you want to add us, it's at Disciples of Agony. At Gmail, it's at Disciples of Agony. Uh, On Discord, we are all on there. I am right now king of the Legion of (laughs) Jank. But all three of us have a DOA symbol, either green, blue, or pink. Stan is type two. Peyton is PR priest. And thank you again for listening to us and our weird ramblings. Y'all have a good night. Take
1: Take care. care. We now consecrate the bond of obedience.
0: Assume the position.
1: Thank you, sir. May I have another?
0: Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another?